an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast. I'm packing right now in hotel room. Skydart and I are leaving Dragon Con. <laughs> It was a pretty insane couple of days. If you haven't been to Dragon Con, is well, I'll talk more about it on the Hostful. Uh, but it is an amazing experience. Uh, com- you, pretty much different from any other con that you could go to. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. A um, bunch of new shows on the Nerdist channel this week, uh, so tune in. We have an amazing lineup of brand new shows, including uh, Gary Delabate's show, uh, They Call Me Baba Booey, which is sort of a, a lifestyle tech show. Uh, Gary's a super great guy, too. Also, uh, Nerd Turns is coming up soon. Just Cause is back. We did a bunch of cool stuff. We put up the bowling show against uh, Doctor Who cast, uh, Team Nerdist All-Star Bowling, Cop Skyrim coming back, Awkward Family Photos, uh, new show coming up, so... Go to youtube.com slash Nerdist and check it out because uh, we have a bunch of great stuff. And then click subscribe. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Please visit audible.com slash Nerdist. You get a free audiobook. You can listen whenever and wherever. It's just like a podcast, except it's a book that someone wrote and not a thing that someone made up when they sat down like a podcast. There's over 100,000 titles to choose from. If you listen to audiobooks, there's a more than average chance that you probably uh, got it from audible.com. I, there, one, one book that actually kind of helped me write my book, uh, there's a book called Goals by Brian Tracy. He has an adorable voice, uh, but it's a really amazing kind of step-by-step goal-setting uh, book. So if there's stuff you're trying to figure out and you, you're kind of looking for a way to break things down to figure out how you want to achieve something, Goals is a really great book, uh, and, and I recommend it. And now for this episode, it's Harry Shearer. Yes, you can imagine him out of the freaking out that we had uh, when we found out that Harry was going to come on. Super, super cool guy. Um, we, we nerded out on him a lot, but he took it well, so that was good. How can we not? I mean, it's Harry Shearer. Uh, I also want to tell you he has a new album out uh, called Can't Take a Hint. Uh, it's, a, it's a comedy satire album that uh, we listened to a little bit of and uh, super fun, so you can get that on Amazon or anywhere else. Uh, but uh, Harry Shearer, fantastic guest. And I believe you will be satisfied uh, with this Harry Shearer appearance. We certainly were. So here it is, Nerdist Podcast, episode number 252. Harry Shearer. Have you seen my freezer? What freezer? My freezer. I don't know where you packed your freezer. I didn't pack it, I was wondering if you'd seen it. Did you lose your freezer at Dragon Con? No. This is a weird conversation we're having. 
<laughs> Where's my freeze ray? I don't know, but your fly is down. Maybe you should oh, freeze well, that in the up position. <laughs> fuck yourself. Now entering Nerdist.com. I just I just started recording. I like I like I liked uh, Tom Lehrer's old bit where he goes, "It's a sobering fact to realize that by the time uh, by the time Mozart was my age, he'd been dead for three years." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, sobering, especially for Mozart. Ex- yes, precisely. Oh boy, just such a bad relationship with his dad, Mozart. If he had just could have just hang in there, just yeah. for <laughs> give the guy give the old guy a chance. I mean, come on, <laughs> some uh, cognitive therapy for Mozart. Please. That's all he needed a yeah, little bit really. of. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't have gotten the great symphonies. Hey, you know, he would have had uh, four more years of usable life. <laughs> he could have written some sonatinas. <laughs> that, that, that would have made him the ripe old age of what? Like 39. 39, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's gross. Uh, Harry Shearer, thank you for being on our podcast. My pleasure. I don't. I, this is it now, right? We're in it, yeah, man. We're in it. We're in it. I just thought we were bullshitting, but now we're we're. Uh, That's podcast. actually the podcast. Yeah. It, no, it's the bullshitting lines and the podcasting lines are the Venn diagram is a, is, a, is a perfect dark sphere of <laughs> those of those two things. together. <laughs> it, it is. I'm I'm just amazed that we're in the in the in the whole style section of this building. Oh yeah, e, yeah. Is Thank sti- you so much. Can you throw me one of those waters, Jonah? Right, please. Um, yeah, style E, yeah. the Golf Channel G4. Well, but style is the one that gets me because obviously, look at us. Uh, <laughs> well, I, uh, all right, yeah. he's right. He's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I had a, a uh, an epiphany the other day about the whole fashion business. It's yeah. meatpacking. Yeah, that's yeah. all it is. Which I guess is not an accident. Then a lot of the a lot of fashionable stores are in the meatpacking meat district, district. In, exactly. in New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really is. See, it's meatpacking and packaging. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all they're Saran doing. I like a good packaging though. Apple has. Whoa, nice Joe Ray, where'd you come from? Uh, from an errand. Okay. <laughs> How you doing? Good. We, Thanks for starting without me. What? I was really worried you guys were going to wait on my behalf. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we lost you for. Uh, you're not in the first minute forty-five. That's my favorite section of any podcast. So you get to come in, and the podcast is already warmed you up. Do a, you do a great entrance. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of us are just appeared. But That's you, true. You made an entrance. Yeah. Um, I uh, I never. I do not expect you to remember this because I didn't do anything notable. But I met you. I think maybe two thousand one. Oh, two thousand years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wouldn't recall that. What was the president like back then? <laughs> oh, he was... Uh, he was uh, younger. <laughs> uh, but uh, you, I was at the Aspen Comedy Festival, oh, and I was uh, was performing, and you uh, you were playing in the lobby with your wife, I believe. Excuse me? Girl? Girl? <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a mile high. You were you playing... <laughs> and who wasn't? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Judith was doing a little, a short little set. Yes. Uh, and I was playing bass with her. Yes. And I remember... I have a, I have a visual image of that. Scene. It was a, it was it was really it was it to me it it just said everything about what the Aspen Comedy Festival was in its heyday, which was 
you know, there's so much amazing comedy here that uh, great comedians are actually performing in music in, in, in <laughs> at the St. Regis. Like, it was just a really nice vibe. Uh, you know, th- have you ever been to the Edinburgh Festival? Yeah, I, I Just as a visitor, not as a performer. Oh, my God. It's just it, talent is oozing from every little doorway of that of that city for a month. It's really remarkable. It's actually happening right now as we speak. Yeah. The, the yes. Edinburgh Festival, yeah, yeah, it's going on right now. Oh, I, I thought, thought you meant the talent. <laughs> That's what the I talent kind of oozing. Yeah. It's, it's, it feels it's just like this, you guys. It feels just like this, but There's the buildings are older. Throw down some papers. <laughs> the accents are weird. There's circus performers in the streets, but pretty much exactly the same yeah. thing as what's going on yeah. right here. Yeah. Um, I, there's so much that I want to talk about with you. Well, and, feel free. And ask you about. Is that okay? It's a, it's a free fucking country. <laughs> <laughs> for about another four minutes. <laughs> so we got to get in so just under the wire. The yeah. door's closing. Yeah. Throw me the whip. Um, but uh, I didn't realize until I started digging around a little bit, but you 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 started back like the, you were in the pilot of Leave it to Beaver. Mm-hmm. What uh, and then your and, wow. then, and then your parents decided what if the internet is to be believed, we we don't really want our son to be exposed to the entertainment industry just yet. No, no, no. I was in the entertainment industry. I was working as a child actor, uh, but they didn't. There was a difference uh, between working occasionally in the business and being a regular on a show. Uh, I was going to public school, and they said if you get this show, we'll have to take you out and put you in the that special school in Hollywood mm-hmm. for. The acting kids, <laughs> and uh, we didn't. They just didn't think that that was a good idea. Oh um, wow! And they didn't think it was a good idea. They didn't say this, but I think I got that vibe. Uh, you know, when you go in as just a, a, a once every once in a while actor, uh, you do your work, and and there's no real pressure on you, uh, aside from doing your work yeah but if you're a regular in a series you know it's the 20 teamsters standing around reading newspapers saying i don't think the kids got it this week yeah yeah a uh, different vibe i mean listen they, they, no child actor was ever fucked up by the business no. so i don't know well, what look, they were worried let's, about let's, let's put it this way it is a beautiful business <laughs> full of wonderful warm sharing human non-stop beings. what could go wrong <laughs> non-stop adult or child <laughs> who a business that's kind to children women mm. people with disabilities horses, what have you horses, horses dogs, yeah. dogs yeah. and I mean, cats yeah living together uh but it was the what do what do you remember about the I mean is is it as crystal clear to you the pilot was it was it pretty much the exact same show that ended up happening they just sort you of you know I have no personal memory of doing the pilot uh, I've seen little excerpts of it on the internet or somebody sent me a, a a DVD of it and so I've seen it and I can look at it as an adult and think hmm I I cannot compare it with the show because I've never seen an episode of Leave It to Beaver you've never seen an episode. That's called bitterness, baby. <laughs> Learn it. Even as a kid. No, even as a kid. I mean, I, you, I'm not going to do your show, and I'm not going to watch your uh, show. You take no, guys. Had, he's really I, mad. I, yeah. I had no interest. I just, for some reason, I never watched a complete episode of I Love Lucy. Oh wow! Yeah, never had a McDonald's. Well, it all works out at the end of the yeah. episode, Harry. That's, that's, that's right. What happens? Never, never, never had, had a McDonald's? McDonald's. That's right. Interesting. The le- the, really. I, the, 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 the no, it really is actually. <laughs> is that your parents' call? No. No, that was sort of, well, I mean, it, in the sense that my mom worked in the restaurant business, and she said, uh, never eat ground beef out of the house. Really? Oh, interesting. Because yeah, yeah. you don't know what they put in the grinder. That's very true. Or what just happens to fall in. Yeah. yeah. Whether or not they put it in. Well, there's stuff. Yeah, right. Because yeah. They're, like, they're like show business. They care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's old showbiz kids get ground into meat and sold as hamburgers. <laughs> oh, Dana played <laughs> 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 So that's what the Steely Dan song Showbiz Kids is about. 
Uh, oh, whoops. I forgot to turn my... I, I unprofessionally forgot to turn my ringer off. I well, apologize. Harry professionally left his at home. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I, get, I did get a call from your wife who said, uh, Harry has left his phone at home. I've been trying to text him, and it turns out the texts are just coming to me. Uh, so I'm supposed to tell you that you left your phone at home. I got the message uh, even before the podcast oh. started, but now we've shared it with the world. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Uh, do you not you like... to cut that? Is that embarrassing? Huh? Is that embarrassing? Do you want us to cut that part out? No. <laughs> no. As long as you don't give my home address. <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't. Don't you dare. You mean you don't want people coming up to your house and being like, can you please record the outgoing message from my voicemail? That's, right. yeah. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> <laughs> but also, uh, I didn't know that you had uh, worked closely with Mel Blanc, which is a huge, huge, huge thing yeah, for me. on the Jack Benny show uh, for eight years as a kid. Uh, I was a kid. He was a grown-up. Uh, Mel Blanc, for uh, for the kids in the audience, uh, was the voice of Looney Tunes. Yeah. All, of, all those characters. And uh, he was also did a lot of characters on the Jack Benny show. And he had a kid who was my age, so... He took, uh, and I don't mean this in the Roman Catholic priest sense, a sure. fatherly interest. In yes. <laughs> <laughs> and no, uh, no, no, uh, no, 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 Cossacks were uh, nothing lifted no. for during the course of the it. Was, it was a, it was a, a healthy, uh, healthy uh, paternal <laughs> healthy type man of relationship. Boy. I mean, yeah, healthy, I mean, again, uh, <laughs> that just Whatever. it's coming out wrong that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, 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 uh, again, <laughs> again, I don't know. <laughs> There's no way to deal with this subject without uh, <laughs> uh, pricking. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> molester, mentored. Mentored, mentored. Uh, so, what was what was your relationship like with, I'm with sorry, him at that I'm, point? I'm, I'm just thinking about that commercial with, uh, for the diabetes test, where they say you don't have to prick your finger anymore. Yeah, and I think, but you still have to finger your prick <laughs> if you still <laughs> still do. But it would really be great if that's how you could uh, administer the test. It would. It's just if you, if you just flip the order of the words, it becomes a much better daily test yeah. Yeah. Uh, to have to take. I, I you know, I, I, I I'll get back to your question. But sure. Yeah. You, you spend enough time outside this country. I've been in England a lot this year, and you come back and you see people on television talking about if you have to cath every day yeah. and I'm just it's shocking what it's is shocking. Ca- what is cath Cath-ing. use a catheter oh, oh yeah. cath they cath. shorten cath you, yeah. if yeah. you have to cath every day yeah, there's is that a, supposed to make it cool there's an infomercial with the yeah. lady we call her Kathy Catheter which is just like it's like and it comes with free lube and yeah. like yeah it's just a, oh god it's real cheery and she's in a cubicle area it reminds me of, a, of when I first got my satellite dish and uh, I saw these, uh, the, the uh, U.S. Army Fort Sam Houston in Texas used to have uh, a medical show every day mm-hmm. for the, you know, the, the troops. Sure. And uh, one day the guy didn't show up so they, or something, so they showed uh, two films. And they were both about uh, colostomy bags. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this had this. Both of them. Both of them. Well, you know, they went to the, to the box. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> Of use these in an emergency, hmm. uh, and uh, they had uh, you know cheery music. <laughs> Bob prefers double-sided tape around the stoma. <laughs> Jillian likes the accordion fold. Colossal <laughs> 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 bags Jillian. and you now now okay in the in a a, a medical closed circuit feed from Fort Sam Houston, Texas. You understand it. But on regular television, Jim caths every day, and now he's got free lube. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I draw the line somewhere west of that. Yeah, there's yeah. a. <laughs> I, I think we're. Uh, I think the pharmaceutical companies are just getting a little too comfortable with like, oh, come on, we'll talk to them like they're kids. <laughs> no. What's there to be ashamed of? It's just yeah. a human body. It's I, just a bag of meat. I saw. Uh, I saw. A, I mean, like 
Well traveled is the pathway in comedy of here are all the side effects that they announce on it. But I saw one last night that was memory loss. (laughs) (laughs) I saw one for like uh, male testosterone replacement medication that the the list was so extensive that it I it almost felt like I think they had to buy extra time to fit in <laughs> yeah. all of them. and they were the most horrible if your if your wife is pregnant don't it, it's almost you know don't touch her kind of thing well, well yeah like a broken um pro, um Uh-oh. it's uh like uh, it's like a prostate Prilosec. pill Prilosec, is yeah. that it like if it's like if the if the pill's cracked and you're pregnant do not touch oh, it do not touch yeah. it get yeah. out of the room yeah right uh, don't don't get, sell the house. Yeah, don't uh, look at it. There was a, a, a one I saw this morning for which is the other side of that coin. The lawyer whose uh, telephone number is one eight hundred bad drug. It's what they're talking about. Some, yeah, if some you or anyone in your family has been affected by Fenfen, yeah, yeah. my dealer's but, been trying to buy that but number. But the, the the effects they were talking about included death. So if you or anybody in your family has experienced death, yeah. you can get a financial compensation. It's well, a pretty severe pretty, yeah. side effect. Pay me for my death, yeah. please. Yeah. <laughs> pretty severe side effect. The side effect yeah. to a stabbing might be death or dismemberment. That's the biggest side effect, yeah. Could be one of the big... But it's, that's it, life's great side effect. Is death. Yeah. 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 I don't think that's a side effect. I think it's just a uh, full point. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, an, it's an unavoidable byproduct to living yeah, yeah. is it's what happens. It's not a surprise ending. <laughs> it, is not, it is not Spoiler a surprise alert. ending. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking die. <laughs> oh, come on, oh, man. I haven't even, I haven't even lived all the now. way you yet. You don't know by now. I'm not done living. How could you fucking... It's just in. You, you die. <laughs> God damn it. Which I mean, I'm, Earth has been around for 2,012 years, guys. So <laughs> come on. We to be fair, Jonah, 7,500. Uh, <laughs> but it is funny that, you know, that we have all these silly pursuits in our lives. and, the, and then, But at the end, it's like, eh, it all ends up the same. Yeah. It's not really a... It's not really yeah. a it's all side effects and pills. Do you? Uh, uh, so you, you, you worked with Mel. Yes. And then... Um, uh, nothing, you know... It's weird because uh, I'll let you finish the question. I don't care. It's fine. Um, you look kind of from the uh, the long lens vantage point, and you think, well, okay, worked with Mel Blanc, who was master voice guy on a cartoon show, and ends up being on The Simpsons and does a lot of cartoon voices. Kind of straight line. What did Mel teach you? That you know, none of that yeah. is true. I mean, life is a bunch of squiggly lines that yeah. get you somewhere sometimes, and. Uh, Mel Blanc was a lovely guy in that non-Catholic priest sense of sure, yes. Uh, but uh, never said, "Here's how you do voices, kid," or anything like that. It was right. just he was a, a, a wonderful uh, sort of guide to that world, you know. Yeah, and and such a shame that so many of the uh, we've heard all these stories about how oh they would just throw cells away and send these old Warner Brothers cells out. And, Dude, you got one? He gave me two, and I th- well. I didn't throw them away, but I let them. We didn't keep them, you know, and so the, the over time the paint on the cells sure. took away. Yeah, uh, so I'm as guilty as anybody else. Yeah, I had a Tweety and a uh, Sylvester. Oh um, man, yeah. that's all right. Well, at least you got it at some point. Yeah, yeah. You can't take and, it with you. And at least I'm not living in a cardboard box on Wilshire. You are not yeah. living in a cardboard box on Wilshire, but with those cells up on either side. Yeah, like yeah. I got the art. Most, yeah, it's the most expensive cardboard box on Wilshire. <laughs> the cardboard yeah. box is worth yeah. two million dollars. Yeah. I got the second floor cardboard box. <laughs> what? You got a walk up? Is it a walk up or did yeah, you have to? Yeah. Oh, that's it's good. It's a refrigerator box with an air conditioning box on top of it. <laughs> but no air conditioning. Yeah, no, no. This is where the air conditioning would go. <laughs> the first floor has vaulted ceilings because it's a fridge box. Yeah, yeah. 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 that's right. <laughs> hey, keep cool in the summer, warm in the winter. 
Um, but uh, but you also uh, co-wrote a, a, a phenomenal uh, movie that I've always loved, which is uh, the real life, the Albert Brooks, mm-hmm. the, with Albert, Albert Brooks, which was uh, with Monica Johnson and Albert. Yeah, yeah. Which was- Way far ahead of its time. Oh yeah, so yeah. far ahead of its time. Way but it was ways. sort of based on that 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 um, the, the American the family. American family, yeah. which yeah. which was rerun or they did something. They about did. It. They made a a movie off oh. of the making of it. Yeah. Oh god, with yeah, Diane with, Lane and. and uh, but she was Tony great Soprano. in it. Uh, James Gandolfini. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. He no. played. <laughs> please, please make that in the form of a question. Who uh, is James Gandolfini? Who is? Who is? And you must wait until the, uh, the James goes to Mozart. Gandolfini. Clues are getting lazy. The guy that played. <laughs> but it's funny. To, it's funny to me that you know you, you you guys were satirizing this thing that happened that still wouldn't really become a television staple for another 30. roughly well roughly fifteen. I think Real World kind of kicked it off That's with MTV, right. which was early nineties, maybe ninety. One or ninety-two yeah, or, or yeah, something. Yeah. So it really, it really did take. But you know, the whole, that whole wave of reality, everything. You, you guys kind of, you, you kind of got to it first. Uh, it was, it was uh, Albert's notion from watching, you know, American Family. Uh, we, we were on the, on the path to doing a whole other movie, and he, uh, we were struggling with it. Uh, and he came in one day and said, "Let's, let's do this." Uh, and it, it uh, turned out to be a good idea. Uh, the idea of, you know. In those days, uh, we believed that uh, the, you really couldn't. There was no such thing as putting cameras all around people and sure. uh, them actually living their life. I mean, the joke in the movie is that you know he put he goes in and films this veterinarian doing an operation on a horse, and the <laughs> guy looks up at the camera at the wrong moment. And pulls the horse. <laughs> yeah. uh, which was sort of the most obvious demonstration of that idea. Uh, now. I think it's gone completely in the other direction. I think people walk around, a lot of people, I get the sense, walk around in so-called real life uh, as if there's a camera on them. Sure. Uh, I was in a, a restaurant in, uh, in England. My, my father-in-law passed away, and we were down in Kent. Uh, and Kent is a, is a suburb, a southern suburb of London. But there's a, a reality show, kind of like the Jersey Shore of England, about the suburban county to the east of London called The Only Way is Essex. (laughs) (laughs) People in there look just like Jersey Shore people. They dress just as well. uh, (laughs) And and kind of their whole body language is very much Jersey Shore. And at the next table, we're sitting a a bunch of folks from Kent, the southern suburb, who are exactly acting out like as if they were on on this reality show. So you really now... The, I, the the absence of a camera would shock people more than the presence of it, I think. It is. Well, now, especially since everyone is published somewhere, in some well, way. And also mm. since we live in a world where there are surveillance cameras everywhere. Right. I love the helmet camera in real life. The helmet camera, <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially when you see it. It's so well... It's so well played, uh, where fuck. it's just the just the really dramatic moment, and then just in the background you see that fucking <laughs> yeah. space helmet just kind of go through this, these these cameras are you won't even notice they're here kind of a thing, and then the guys look like like he's in a space <laughs> spaceship space yeah. costume yeah. from the fifties, but he's dancing like a cameraman. Would dance, so. <laughs> it's the most attention getting thing imaginable. So how do you you know with a, with a film like that like how 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 do you how do you write that film? Is it is it mostly is there it, Improv or is it is it like these no, are the beats? I, um, in that, you know, it's always different. I think in that film, uh, I I took notes in longhand. Hmm? Boy, that sounds 
Like, uh, I rode the horse to the studio every day, too. Uh, this no, day, Congress. I, I would normally type. Uh, I was always the typist in any collaboration. Because uh, it's the one thing I learned in high school was how to type. Uh, so I could, you know, type very fast. And, yeah. Uh, but uh, for some reason, Albert was um, distracted by that. So I would, I would take longhand notes of, of stuff instead. Um, and then we would uh, work during the day. And then Albert and Monica would work together through the night. Uh, so obviously different drugs were used by the different pairs. <laughs> <laughs> you could draw your own conclusion. <laughs> and then somehow it all got smushed together. Did, was your background, did you, did you do stand-up ever? Or nope. You, nope. Was there a sketch comedy element or an improv uh, element? You know, yeah, there was a sketch comedy element. I was with a, a, a group that was on the radio here in L.A., uh, called The Credibility Gap. Uh, we did uh, three 10-minute radio shows a day. Oh, my God. Uh, making fun of the news. And uh, so we would just, and those would all be written. We'd write them, record them, put them on the air, all within a space of three hours. And Jesus Christ. And do it again. Daily? Crazy. Yeah. Oh. F- uh, five days a week. It's fucking boot camp. That's comedy yeah. boot yeah. camp. That is comedy boot camp. But, man, you do two years of that. We actually did... Uh, Almost three years of it, uh, and uh, you come out with some chops. Yeah, <laughs> you know Michael McKean was in that, and yeah. David Lander. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, so uh, very funny people. We had a great time, but it was just you know churning it out. The one thing you you really learn is don't look back. Don't you don't have time to sit around and well, worry yeah. about don't God? Be too did, that, did that suck? Uh, that's the that's the I... benefit of a job like that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just on to the next one. Because you just wouldn't survive if you if you. If... Oh. You, you would have no brain left. You know, you're, you're, you're desperate to just think of anything that will fill that time. And, and it, was, it was great kind of comedically, the, the place we were at, because we were at a rock and roll radio station, and the DJs in rock radio always think they're the stars. But we were getting, like, more fan mail than they were, so they hated us. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Hugh, some egos. No, really. <laughs> some egos, particularly at that time when, you know, it was just, I assume this was in the 70s. Yeah. So, this, you know, that, that, that's a time where all of a sudden, like, jocks were kings of well, they, media. They, they, they had little rock and roll fairy dust by association. Yes. So they thought. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we were we were on reel to reel tape. God, this is sounding prehistoric. Um, <laughs> but we were in such a tight uh, rush to get on the air. We wouldn't do it live because we needed to make sure that I don't know what we made it, needed to do. But <laughs> anyway, we we pre recorded like about fifth, twenty minutes before airtime. Yeah, we were doing a ten minute show trying <sighs> to hit air, and often we were like in the middle of. Fortunately, there was a, a 30 second preparation age commercial in the middle of our show. <laughs> Normally, you wouldn't say those words, but <laughs> so we would do part one and and be starting to do part two, and there'd be this rush to get to the. We were on the second floor studio, and the and the main control room was on the first floor, and there'd be this race to get the reel of tape with the part one thrown downstairs <laughs> during the 30 seconds of the preparation age commercial. You know, to get part two on the air. Oh my god! Long, but that's that's what you do when you're 20s. I mean, listen, t- t- ten minutes. You know, pr- to to a stand up, ten minutes is not a lot of not a long time. But when you are working out new material, ten minutes is a really it's long, forever. It's a really yeah. long time. Yeah. Did you feel pretty exhausted mentally and creatively at the end of the day when you're working there? Or did uh, you- I felt a, a, a combination of exhaustion and exhilaration. Yeah, you know, it's like when you work really hard. If as long as it's not backbreaking, you know, coal mining. 
if it's in your chosen field, yeah. uh, you feel fulfilled. You feel kind of, wow, that was kind of fun. Yeah. And where's the bed? <laughs> you know, in short order. So you didn't really work on much, like, uh, like you had that as like a job for three years, but like, where did you find the energy to work on stuff like after the no, working day? No, 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 that was that just was, that was that it. Was it. Oh. That was it. And then you know, maybe go out and see some sh uh, music in the mm -hmm. evening or something like that, but definitely not do more work. Yeah. Uh, as a writer in the seventies, like what were what were the options available? I mean, I feel like you know there are so many options available to writers now. There's so many different platforms people can work on, different types of shows or whatever. So what? You know, it, it, if you say it's the '70s, you go, "Okay, I'm going to be a writer." Uh, what what options are available? Well, I, I basically said I'm going to be a writer and performer, um, but uh, because I didn't do stand up, people didn't take me seriously, including yeah. my managers at the time. <laughs> well, if you're if you're going to perform, well, how come you're not at the club? Because I don't want to perform the drunks, asshole. <laughs> what about that? Don't you understand? Um, no, I, I like performing characters, and I like performing full-fledged characters. I don't like that thing of, here's, here's how he might look. Right. Harry, where'd you go for a second? Yeah, I know. That's scary, isn't it? I just, I just never like that. I like really being as, as complete into the character as possible, so stand-up club dates don't give you that opportunity very often. Anyway, um, Writing, you know, writing movies uh, with uh, writing a movie with Albert. Uh, then I worked on uh, his. He did short films the first year he was uh, the first year of Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm, yeah. So I worked with him on that. I worked with Martin Mull. Uh, Fernwood, right? Fernwood tonight. Yeah. yeah uh, so more writing jobs, and then uh, in sort of the turn of the decade, uh, Rob Reiner, whom I'd known, and Christopher Guest, and. Tom Leopold, a very funny guy, and Billy Crystal and Michael McKean and I uh, coalesced to do a pilot called The TV Show, which is, among other things, where Spinal Tap was born. Oh, wow. And I really got a chance to perform a lot in that show, and that was like the next thing I knew I was doing Saturday Night Live and getting almost no chance to perform. So, uh, <laughs> you know. How did how did it go? How did Spinal Tap go from? Was it a sketch on the show that yes, you guys were doing? Yes, the show was called the TV show. It's still floating in the internet somewhere. Yeah, uh, and the idea was a very another uh, ahead of its time idea. I think a guy you, you starts out you're behind a guy sitting in a chair with a remote control watching a big screen TV, and basically the show is you're watching what he's watching. And oh, so wow. it's parodies of what is on TV during a day, and uh, because we've got the remote control. The old problem of man, it's a great sketch, but that how, how do you got to get the ending? Boom, you're gone. Well, Python, yeah, that's that's you know that's how that's why Python yes. bled so many sketches and one other because and sketch yeah. endings are fucking hard to that's write. That's right. That they're the worst. Yeah. So we got it. We got another way around it. Uh, so uh, <laughs> that's genius. The end of the day was uh, take off on a show that was on NBC in those days called Midnight Special, hosted by sure. Wolfman Jack. Wolfman Jack. And uh, we needed a band to perform. And so we made up this band and uh, made up a song. And, and that was the, you know, you got to see Spinal Tap for the first time, kind of. <laughs> and then wh who's, whose idea, like, was, did, did Rob say, hey, we should all, this should be a movie now? We all were, think, we, the, the climax of the... Mm, that's good sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> you can feel the sparkles sparkle down your throat. Yeah. Now, do you know that um, in this country... Sparkling water is so much more sparkling than it is in uh, overseas. It's because we fucking know how to do it here in America, That's Harry. Right. We're number one in sparkles. <laughs> number one in sparkles <laughs> in water. We have too much yeah. CO2. Fuck 
Fuck you, Italy. That's right. Exactly. How come there's no gold medal for that Olympics? That's right. Olympic fail. Hashtag. The last scene of that piece that we did, we're the band is on the floor with a camera over our head doing like a Busby Berkeley dance move. <laughs> and it's supposed to be, uh, uh, you know, smoke. Yeah. Because uh, it was called Rock and Roll Nightmare. And the prop guy fucks up, and instead of smoke, he's dropping hot oil on it. <laughs> <laughs> so rather than uh, kill a prop man, which I believe is illegal in some states, yes. um, we started, you know, playing around with the, with the voices, the, the characters themselves, because yep. in, the, in the piece they were only doing a song. And uh, afterwards we said, you know, that was fun. Maybe we should do something more with them. And so I think through Rob we got a, uh, a deal to write a first draft screenplay for a, a company called... Marble Arch Productions, okay, which was run by uh, a, a, a must date back to the Roman Empire. It does yeah. indeed. Yeah. It was, it Their was, offices are in Glendale. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, uh, formed by this guy who had been a British uh, media magnate of his time, okay. called Sir Lou Grade, or call, although everybody called him Sir Low Grade, of course. Sure, of course. <laughs> uh, and uh, after about three days of trying to write the script, we looked at it and said, "Nobody will understand this. Nobody can read this." And you know, a first draft script is basically. Here's what we propose to do. It's a sales document. Nobody will get it. So let's just take the money, the, the minuscule amount that we're being paid to do this, and and go shoot 20 minutes of it instead. And that's what we did. Oh, wow. And that's really what got it started. Which 20 minutes did you shoot? We, we just... You know, oh, it was yeah, just a random... Yeah, I mean, there was stuff that never was in the film, like a, a scene in, in a recording studio. Uh, we did do uh, uh, Stonehenge. We did a version <laughs> of Stonehenge. And I don't remember what else we did, but, I mean, it was just... Odds and sods, as they say, of yeah. what might be in the movie. A movie like that is 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 so interesting within the comedy landscape because I mean, obviously, it I re- dominates. It stands astride the comedy <laughs> landscape, sir. It really right. does. <laughs> a monolith above all. A Stonehenge of its own. A meta Stonehenge. <laughs> yeah. But it's but but what's so great? What's so interesting about it is that you know it really was ahead of its time again in terms of being viral. In that way, that yeah. you know, like it was, it was more, it was so ahead of its time. It was bacterial. It was bacterial. Yes, <laughs> it, it went was bacterial. It infected you in a way that you didn't even know it was happening. Yeah, but it, uh, but you know, because when I was in, when, when I was in high school, it was just like passing the, the VHS tape. Like, you mm-hmm. fucking, you gotta fucking see this movie. Like, and it, you know, it never, there was never really a period where that movie was dormant. It, it was always being passed around, or you got to see this. The only time it was dormant was when it came out in theaters. For, uh, the first <laughs> did it, time. Did it, did it, did it not do well? No, it, it, it did. Okay, but uh, we learned a lesson about the movie business, which was uh, we were put out by this uh, struggling distributor called Embassy. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh God! I used to have a joke about what the other, the only other two pictures they released that year were, and I've, of course, everybody's <laughs> forgotten Embassy, and I've forgotten the joke. To the internet, <laughs> they they were the, ba- the Embassy produced that joke that you yeah, can't. That's right. <laughs> uh, needless to say, they were they went bankrupt within the year of, of releasing the film. What that means is we were doing fine business in, back in, in those days. Westwood was a big movie part sure. of L.A. And we were sitting in a the theater in Westwood doing good business. But uh, Embassy had nothing else coming for the rest of the year. Paramount comes in. This is the story we were told. And says to the theater, if you want our Christmas movie, give us the theater for our, our movie now. Mm. And they go, 
goodbye spinal tap. Oh, fuck. So that was the form of dormancy I was referring to. We were it was enforced dormancy. But mm. I think what's sort of fun about that too is that it feels you know. At least, at least when I first saw the movie, I sort of felt like I stumbled. You were across. in on something. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like, oh my god, this gem! It was nothing that was shoved at you by the machine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, I think that just all built this sort of lore around the movie mm -hmm. and and the story of it, which which kind of made it work even even better in the, in the long term. You kind of, I think you kind of lucked out in that way. Uh, we kind of won. Yeah. I mean, the, the real win was uh, all the guys that we went to with the twenty minutes that I mentioned. Uh, the, that ran studios at the time uh, when the lights came up in their screening room. Uh, you've never seen blanker stares in, <laughs> in, in your life. Uh, what was that? They'd say, and I said, "Well, that would that was you know that would be a feature film." What do you mean? Well, you know, we do that for an hour and a half. <laughs> what do you mean? Rock and roll movies don't make money. I mean that conversation. Uh, within ten years, all those guys, same people, same individuals. Are like running after us, you know, saying, "Will you do a sequel? Here's some money." Make, well, make sure, money. because the, that 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 section of the business, they're not they're not trend makers; they're trend chasers. That's right. And so, and so we got to say no to them. Yeah. Well, that's fucking great. Yeah. That's that's the the turn. Sometimes even it, it turns bad. Even if it takes bad. ten years, it's still a satisfying oh, it's moment so worth it. when so you worth when it. you know that you were oh, right. It's sweeter. The ten years. <laughs> <laughs> So I knew you'd come crawling back. <laughs> no. yeah. How do you like the view of my shoes now? <laughs> They're in your face. I kick you away. But it, uh, it, it w w how much of that movie, if, if you took all of the footage that you guys mm -hmm. shot, how mm -hmm. long of a movie could you actually have made? Uh, if you wanted to repeat every take, you know, I mean, <laughs> all the takes? Not all the takes. I mean, oh, just like... Just like strung, like, strung together just, the best takes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, God. Probably two and a half hours, maybe oh, three. Wow. You know, wow. Uh, there was so much stuff. I mean, there was a whole subplot about where the, the cold source came from. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, a band, <laughs> which that, was what? Which was a band that was uh, opening for us called the Dose, uh, and we all <laughs> fucked uh, the lead singer, <laughs> but only found it out as the cold source. As, as the, Telltale appendage appeared. <laughs> you see, so and then we realized we this movie was way too long. We could just cut all that out and just let the sores speak for the. Yeah, but that's that's what's so great. It's, it's, it's not harped on at all. It just kind of shows that y'all have yeah. it, and it's just yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. So you know uh, the 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 point sometimes is uh, you have to kill the things you love, and uh, you 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 you're the better for it. You know, uh, we could have put that story in and it would have been way too long and harped on it and we got all the value of the joke with none of the muss and fuss and yeah. also and yeah. also uh also the idea that that not all comedy has to be explained oh yeah oh yeah really what do you mean oh well um. <laughs> <laughs> no it's true um uh, comedy doesn't need to be explained it should it, it shouldn't have to be explained yeah you know? It, every time you work with Christopher Guest and that and that crew of folks, does it feel, does it just feel super familiar, or do you feel like, oh, each time it feels like a new thing that we're trying to figure out and and do? It's both. It's uh, we get to play again, goody, <laughs> yeah, uh, and oh fuck, now what do we do? Right. Uh, it's both. I mean, I the the last one we did uh, for your consideration, I I was uh, in it more than I'd been in in the others, so I was together with everybody at the start of the of the process and i'd never seen catherine o'hara and john michael higgins and all and freddie and willard and oh he's over at the tiki right now <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 
What do they expect you to be doing in a in a in a porn theater? By the way, um, no. you know, uh, reading the Atlas. That's what I love that he said. The movie was lousy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that you think that's embarrassing? But, yeah. I'm sorry. Is is the crime problem so solved in L.A. that we can afford a cop in standing in a lurking in a porn theater waiting for somebody to jerk off? I just like to think that like they were both doing it, but like a cop was there, Fred was there, but they matched eyes. And the cops like, well, it's not going to be me that's going to get caught. <laughs> okay, we're going to race if I. Finish first, you get arrested. <laughs> Damn it! Come um, with me. But um, seeing all of them, you know, as we're starting to put our looks together because we get to choose how we want to look and stuff like that, and and uh, everybody's talking about how nervous and how you know absolutely fraught they are with a- apprehension about. Oh fuck! What am I yeah. going to do? What, are, what? Oh, why did I say yes to this again? <laughs> Poor. So, <laughs> you know. I thought that was just something that I experienced, and I'm hearing Catherine, who to me is one of the, the queens of comedy of yeah. all time, saying that that's what she was going through, and so uh, I uh, I lorded it over her. <laughs> <laughs> You're mortal, just like the rest of you us. You weakling. <laughs> uh, no, it was just we all feel both things, you know. It's and and to feel that excitement and to feel that nervousness to me is what uh, what you're supposed to feel in starting a new. You know, or going on stage or anything. I mean, people who say they don't feel nervous, I think they must be dead when they go on stage. Yeah. Uh, you're supposed to feel nervous. That's how you get the adrenaline to have the balls to go out there. I think one of the things that I that I learned the most um, as a as a performer from watching, you know, particularly Spinal Tap. Oh, you're in the business. Yeah, yeah. I actually do. It, that doesn't, it probably doesn't feel like it because we're in the E-building. Uh, you're but, in a business. <laughs> yeah. But one of the... I can't wait till they finish the name of the building. It's not, it's just... <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's the idea of uh, that, you know, you can get so much comedy from just being really sincere. As long as you're really sincere... <laughs> About something mm-hmm. you that 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 so much can happen. Well, I mean that's really the key to what we're making fun of in the Christopher Guest movies is earnestness. Yeah, you know all these people are are so earnest about what they're doing, and you know they don't don't take a moment's break to realize they're being kind of silly sometimes. You yeah, know, which a lot of people don't do. Yeah, you know, which is why we make fun of them. Is it weird for you guys to then uh, you know because now. You guys actually have toured as a band. We have. Well, we've toured as two bands. We've toured. Yeah. Oh, you, sure. Have of you, course. Has the Folksman opened up for Spinal Yes. <laughs> yeah. At Carnegie fucking Hall, as, right. as Derek Smalls called it. <laughs> First words on stage in the broom. Well, they pissed me off. They they were, you know, all that union stuff. And we had a, a, uh, a yeah. tour sponsor, which was a fake brand of adult diapers. And, and we had a banner that said, wet is good, dry is better. Uh, or And the other ban- and the other side, it said, rock... Rock with uh, rock with confidence. Yeah, and uh, they said, you, "No, you can't put that up." What do you mean? That's no. That's part of our show. No, you don't understand. This is Carnegie Hall. You don't have a. There, there's no commercial sponsorship. No, you don't understand. <laughs> this is not a real. This thing. Is a, not a real thing. This is a joke. No, you don't understand. <laughs> so by the time we got fuck. to the stage, all I could say as Derek was, "Wow, Carnegie fucking hole." <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we opened. Uh, 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 Folksman opened for Tap at Carnegie Hall at the Greek Theater at the Hard Rock in Vegas. And then we went back to New York and uh, opened at the Beacon. Uh, and they didn't remember to tell people coming to the Beacon that there was going to be an opening act. So we had this oh, no. wonderfully <laughs> mortifying <laughs> moment where we're standing on stage and our fans are heckling us, yelling, Tap! Oh, yeah. No, it, we're making fun of that. And yeah. then we're having to go through it ourselves. <laughs> fucking brilliant. 
Um, what was it like? It, the 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 Spinal Tap songs actually like hold up really well. Um, like all the different types of uh, incarnations of the you know tap music, from Cups and Cakes to Flower People mm-hmm. and to the uh, heavy metal stuff. Like, what were some of the uh, the bands that you based? Like, did you guys like that heavy metal? That tap was kind of plain, or did was it like I, just, there certain bands you hear where you're like, oh, this is kind of fine to make? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I mean, we were we we had come up with the uh, with sort of the that that earlier version of rock and roll yeah. and uh so you know when we were doing when michael wrote cups and cakes it was really like that thing that every band was trying to to do like uh, okay that's what the beatles are doing we'll do that for <laughs> yeah. a minute or this that's what the yardbirds are doing we'll do that i mean that's what bands did they just tr- anything that that was going they'd try to do that style and a, and a band with less talent like tap just was more slavishly <laughs> Every imitative. Time. Yeah. Um, and so that's what got them into, you know, uh, metal or hard rock was just, uh, it required slightly less melodic imagination <laughs> and a lot less lyrical imagination, uh, than, you know, those other things. So it really was like a comfort zone for them. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that was my favorite kind of music. I mean, we went to some, uh, uh, concerts in the genre while we were making the movie. Uh, yeah, went to see Judas Priest at Long Beach Arena, <laughs> which is maybe the loudest thing I'd ever heard at the time. Really? Yeah, yeah. And then there was you guys. I think it was around the time of uh, Break Like the Wind, where you did that uh, the Freddie Mercury. Uh, oh, it was, it was later. Oh, it was later. Yeah, than yeah. Break Like the that Wind. That was uh, early. 2000s, yeah, we did. Was uh, that? Yeah. Well, was, was, or late. I think it was late. Wembley Stadium, and you guys was, actually yeah. had an interaction with uh, Metallica because your guys' dressing rooms were right next to each other. Oh, well, that, that must have been in 92. No, 91. no, no. That was a live Earth. We oh, followed was that live Me- Earth? That w- we followed oh, okay. Metallica. Yeah. Now, <laughs> try that. No. Try no. that. No, well, we just did a music, we just did a festival. We just did um, the Outside Lands in San Francisco, and Metallica. We were in we were we, we were in the comedy tent, but then the, our show kind of ran over and Metallica started. And it was just like all of Golden Gate Park just. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. really well. Loud. I mean, we're standing on the stage watching them, you know, before we go on, and uh, I swear, I mean, if if it wasn't hard to get out of the <laughs> venue, <laughs> and if we hadn't made a commitment, you know, I would have said, "Come on, so what are we doing? What are we doing?" I mean, it ended up being fine, but I mean, there's such a prodigiously powerful, amazing, kick-ass, say, you know, you, any adjective you want, ridiculously talented band. Uh, the idea of, of coming on after them just seemed like a suicide mission. Uh, <laughs> but then you played Big Bottom with, uh, like, how many bass oh, players? Oh, we had 19 bass players. 19 <laughs> players, uh, including uh, Trujillo from Metallica, yes, from Metallica who kicked ass in that. Uh, doesn't use a pick. Only uses his fingers. I never use a pick. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty. It's yeah, more common than you think. It's just you but know, with hard rock. If you're playing faster, it gets tough. What with a finger? Yeah, you need the callus. Well, I'm a upright player. I uh, callus. I welcome calluses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please, oh, you do. Callus. You play. You, oh, you do play upright bass. Yeah. That's right. Because yeah, how do you find the with a fretless instrument? How do you find the? How do you know to? Same I don't way you know do with the, the trombone. You stop. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. With the, tr- the trombone, though, you just stop playing. It's just like it's just muscle you memory. You trombone? I did. Yeah, when I was really? a kid. Really? You know how you can tell the difference between a trombone player and a, a dead snake in the middle of the road? No. Snake was on his way to a gig. 
You sound like it's, it sounds like my dad when I quit saxophone to play trombone. How many how many instruments you did you play? You trombone? Yeah. Yeah, he wanted to get the chicks. <laughs> yep, that's right. I actually did, and then she yeah. stopped playing. She wanted to work out your right arm, that's it. <laughs> Well, why, you got to do why, that. Too many sax players and not enough trombone players? No, it was just there was only one other trombone player, and she was a girl I had a crush on. Ah. And I was like, oh, obviously, we'd have to have lessons together if I took trombone. So I quit alto sax, and then I started playing trombone. And then uh, we had one lesson together, and then she quit. Yeah. <laughs> you ruined her when passion you for trombone. trombone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what if and you ruined it? What if she had such a passion for trombone, and you came in, and she's like, oh, this is, makes me uncomfortable. Nah. And she, when, she could have been the biggest trombone player in the world. You know what's hard is that so many. Cindy Oh no, she's a sax player. Yeah. So I, I'm fighting the urge because so many things that I want to reference are jokes from The Simpsons. Just that that joke where they where the team goes to they were going to sell the team to Albuquerque and they open that room and it's the guy going wah, wah, and actually show the player. <laughs> but I can't do that because it's your show. Well, it's not my show. Well, but I it, it, it is. You do. <laughs> <laughs> but you do. You do. You, my show. There'd be a full name on the name of this building, and not just one letter. <laughs> not just one letter. That's the power I would have. <laughs> I'd give this building a complete name. <laughs> uh, e. Montgomery Burns. <laughs> um, what uh, you know? This is one of those stories that. Uh, so interesting that it's it's almost like oh Fonzie was supposed to be in one episode of Happy Days, but then he ended up becoming the show basically. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think uh, most people of my generation know like well, this was a series of shorts on Tracy Ullman, and uh, uh, but there's but just you have to say Tracy Ullman show. The Tracy Ullman show. Like Tracy Ullman wore Simpson shorts. And, yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not what happened. To it. She wore these sure, shorts. She one time. She one time. Mad Raining drew on her shorts, and that's Would you please yeah, just yeah. wear these characters on your shorts? <laughs> because yeah. people like watching you, and they like watching. Uh, but uh, the, just the idea that the, what something that has become really a staple of American television was just sort of a oh, this is sort of a thing we're gonna. Do I mean so? What for you? What was the what was the sort of emotional ride of guys? I think this is actually going to become a show. Oh wait, this show is not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, you know, I I watched that same thing happen. Uh, apropos, you mentioned Happy Days. Uh, my partners in this group that I came up with uh, became Lenny and Squiggy. Sure, of course, yeah. In Laverne and Shirley. Now Laverne and Shirley, it's not widely remembered. Uh, is the only show in the history of American television to debut at number one. Oh. Wow. It premiered at number one. Now, I, so I saw what happened when people who thought, well, we're just having like a little six-week gig, and then we'll go, <laughs> the concrete yep. doors slam down seven years, babe. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. The Simpsons was not like that at all, uh, partly because... Uh, although we thought it was like a, a short-term gig for a short-term network. I mean, if uh, at the beginning, of, of course. Fox, you, you needed a coat hanger on your TV to get the UHF channel. Not or, really a lot of original <laughs> programming on Fox at the time. They had, they had Tracy Ullman. The Elman. New Adventures of Beans Baxter. Yes, <laughs> yes, of course. Oh, there was also, there was also a real estate show called... Um, it was like a sitcom that took place in a real estate office. Oh, and, I don't remember that. Uh, I can't remember, but it was like... But essentially, Married with Children was kind of keeping the network afloat. George C. Scott was Mr. President. <laughs> Uh, it was a real great lineup that but we this... walked into. Um, but what, you know, I think the three things that made the network stick around were Married with Children, The Simpsons, and then when they got NFL football. That was the, the mm -hmm. third 
nailing. I thought you were going to say Herman's head. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Herman's head. Because <laughs> very last instant, I swerved to avoid it. That's the fourth thing. That's yeah. not the second time I've thought of the Herman's head in the last day. Really? Well, Groundhog Day was on last night, and the guy who's in, who was in Herman's head, who sort of played the big slovenly part of his oh, brain, that's right. is the one who's like, ah, you off to see the Groundhog today? That's right. So I always think of Herman's head whenever I watch Groundhog always Day. Always think of Herman's head. Always think of it every day. Wow. Yardley Smith in Herman's head. Yardley. Yardley, Yardley. Smith. Smythe. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> but so when, you know, the idea that this, this was a big thing was uh, sort of great, uh, surprising, but uh, not at all the dread <laughs> that the people at Laverne and Shirley had when, holy mackerel. Um, Do you uh, think they felt trapped by the success of the show? Uh, I think they felt like they didn't really, oh, you didn't really mean it that we were here for seven years, did you? Right. <laughs> You were kidding about that. Um, I mean, I, I can't speak for, for everybody, but I knew a little bit. I was around the show uh, for that first 13 weeks. Uh, literally within three weeks, because uh, Laverne and Shirley had spun off from Happy Days. Of course. So now ABC thinks, we have the magic formula. We spun one thing off. It's number <laughs> one. Mark and Mindy spun off of Happy Days, yes. too. So let's keep this going. So they tried a, a uh, Lenny and Squiggy spinoff. Uh, which fortunately no one will ever see. That's interesting because they, they really were the, I mean, like the applause breaks whenever the hello, like mm -hmm. when, when they would burst through the door. Mm -hmm. It is kind of surprising to me that, do you think it's because those characters needed to be just sort of like, like side contextual characters rather than their own story or was it just not? Con no, I, I you mean why this, why the show didn't yeah, yeah. happen? Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, Michael and David and I wrote it, wrote the the script for the whatever that thing was. Yeah, uh, it was it was them going into the army. Uh, oh, gotcha. So we figured now we can mine all the old Bilko gags. Right. Uh, except it's two guys. Uh, um, Their Nam draft came up. And like, <laughs> yeah. I mean. Oh no. I, <laughs> But it, it, it never aired. I mean, it was not like it uh, it aired and, and it just it never aired. It, it somehow was uh, fortunately or unfortunately, whatever one thinks. Uh, do you have a copy of this somewhere? I do not. That would uh, be because, that would be a fun yeah. CineFamily screening one that night. Well, a friend of mine who who uh, worked at Paramount for a number of years, where all this happened, uh, he was a producer there, and he heard about this, and he. he he wanted to torment me, so he said, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. I swear to God, I'm going to find that show. And he never did. Oh. Um, did you work on their record, too? Because they put out a record. No. No. Uh, uh, what was that called? Oh. They, uh, le, uh, I think we're just covering Now right? we're doing this. Yeah. Squiggy yeah. and the... Yeah. Uh, that happened Lenny in the squeak tones. That, yes, that had a, that, a lot. A lot of people. No, would, see? Good pull. Good pull. I'm sorry. What is Lenny in the squeak tones? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is the daily double. Yeah. Oh no, I got that backwards. Squiggle. We should have told you it was a daily double before. <laughs> what a waste. Uh, How's he doing? Do we know? Trebek. I don't know how he's doing. They're in reruns. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I haven't. I think he's doing fine because I was on TMZ the other day and I saw his face. On TMZ. Like he was out at a restaurant. Oh. So. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Boy, talk about being trapped in a show for like seven years. You imagine, yeah. imagine being in a show every every time. I mean, I, I every just, time he shaves his mustache or grows it back, it's somehow news. It is, yeah, it is yeah, a little yeah. bit of news. Yeah. Well, what else? <laughs> what else is he it? gonna do? Yeah, yeah. 
I shaved my pubes. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. sorry. Or 400. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I look at that show and I look at Wheel of Fortune and I, you know, I wonder if that's one of those sort of like Faustian claws. You're like, I just want a successful show. All right. Yes. You'll have you that one. show for 40 years. And then it's just every fucking day. Yeah. Uh, well, they do like eight a day. So uh, he, he gets a lot of time off. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's yeah. true. Yeah. But uh, I always w- find it weird that they're yo- those shows are yoked together. You know, it's like yeah. your, your, your sentence is to go through eternity yoked to this really dumb show that follows you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> that people have, you know, feel like I'm kind of smarter watching Jeopardy. Yeah. Oh, shit. All those brain cells are dying. The minute Vanna hits the screen. It is pretty, it is pretty amazing the stark contrast between... I have to have knowledge of in, of trivia in for like really a lot of, a lot of times very obscure information. Yeah, uh, and, and I, sometimes very scholarly information. And yeah. then and then the the next show is give me an E. <laughs> 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 the next show is word speller. <laughs> what are words like? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's bizarre. So. Can I purchase a vowel <laughs> in this weird letter economy? Spin the wheel. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know anything about Pat Sajak. He might be the happiest person in the world, but I feel like lately when I see episodes of Wheel of Fortune, there's just this behind the eyes. There's a little bit of like, please kill me. <laughs> Not as much as I see in Alistair Beck. I don't know. I see a bit of just like, um, you know, he's waiting for the camera to be off of him so he can take another swig. Yeah. Well, I I can only say, having been in uh, a Celebrity Jeopardy tournament, that he seems uh, when you when you're there at the show, uh, he seems to be digging it. Oh, that's good. I did a Celebrity Jeopardy in '97. Uh, Who was the celebrity? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a fair joke. You? No, no, that's a fair joke. <laughs> Welcome uh, to the podcast. And, and he he <laughs> fucked me hard. Whoa! <laughs> I just I just need to get that out, <laughs> guys. I feel so much better. What is rape? <laughs> what is legitimate? Were you legitimate? <laughs> it was uh, legitimate rape is on Broadway, right? <laughs> it is. Yeah, I think so. The rapists. Uh, crepe is crepe. But um, he. Uh, he, I didn't get the, the, he didn't give me the right answer. I said, the answer was, I said, Annie Leibowitz, who was Annie Leibowitz, a, r- r- a photographer. Uh-huh. Uh, and he said, no. And then no one else got it. Correct pronunciation, Annie Leibowitz. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, you just fucked my charity, man. He didn't do that. He did. The correct pronunciation is Leibowitz. And I didn't get, I didn't get the money for it. I think, and I think on the episode, I think I did, I, I think my response was, Damn Germans! I think I actually like exclaimed. Wow! Jeez. So there was there was a, a, a one a couple nights ago where the final Jeopardy question was based on a pun in a newspaper headline. What? Think, no, that's not right. Oh, Come on! Wow! No, 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 no. What? How, how'd you do? <laughs> um, I won the first time, and then I went into the the tournament of the people who'd won, and I just I I sucked. Eggs. Who are you up against? I was up. It wasn't that. I just fucked up. I was bad on the. You know, it's it's the all buzzer. The, the timing. The timing is crazy. So next to Alex, there are lights that are on, or, and as soon this as the, in case you go on Jeopardy, just kids. <laughs> yeah. in case you ever go on Jeopardy, and as soon as the lights go off, the, the buttons are unlocked, and that's to prevent people from buzzing in before he finishes the question. So you're locked out. But as soon as those lights go off, you can hit the button. But if you misfire, your button doesn't work for like another second and a half. Oh, it's all about timing. It's all about timing. It has nothing to do... I mean, a lot of people think it's about what you know, but most people who get, especially in repeats, like the, the celebrity tournament repeaters, yeah. everybody is, is, has won a game, has yeah. won, a, has won a, a, a series. But it's all about whether you're... 
you're hitting it too early. You know, if you watch it at home, I, I keep trying to tell my wife, don't answer the question until he's finished asking it. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not playing Jeopardy. That's that's true. Um, but that's it, a human impulse. Is to, as soon yeah. as you know it, to just go, uh, Philippines! <laughs> what are the finger what legs? The finger legs. Uh, yeah, and, but also, you know, I mean, let's be honest. Celebrity Jeopardy was not... At the caliber of regular Jeopardy, at least when Probably I when I played it. Probably less than college Jeopardy. <laughs> uh, I think it was uh, a toddler Jeopardy. A E I O blank. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is what is you? <laughs> I'm sorry. What is you? I'm sorry. That should be what are you? <laughs> Damn it! You're not going to give it to me because I didn't use the right linking verb. That's right. Uh. Son of a. Uh, yeah, the, the Jeopardy. The Jeopardy was really fun. I, I who who was on your the first episode? Uh, I beat Isaac Mizrahi and Soledad O'Brien, and Final oh. Jeopardy was, this is the smallest in terms of territory, mem permanent member of the UN Security Council. Oh. And Isaac Mizrahi said, my house? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and Soledad O'Brien, Harvard grad, said France. Oh. And I said, United Kingdom. And you won. I won! <laughs> Mine was uh, Patrick Duffy and Sharon Lawrence. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. And the final Jeopardy question was something about which U.S. president's half-brother served in the British uh, Navy under Admiral Edward Vernon, I think. And? It was Washington. That's mm. not that dumbed down. It was, well, uh, I guess, but I, I just, I heard... I heard Vernon and instantly thought Mount Vernon. And so that was so my... So you just drew a picture of a mountain? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> what is... is What is... What is me? What is mountain? <laughs> Alex, what is love? <laughs> <laughs> what is... He didn't like me either, Alex, because I, I was... Projecting. I, no, no. I know I could... Well, I mean, he's, you know, he's a very... Uh, he's a, he's a, there, there, there's a, a confident arrogance about him. He's uh, dapper. He's dapper. Uh, and he's a dapper I, Dan. And at the time, I was working on MTV, <laughs> and I was just this kind of young, obnoxious kid cracking jokes. And I just don't think it really fit his. It was not. It was not typical for the. You were not in his wheelhouse. I was not in his wheelhouse. <laughs> like, no, like people usually didn't snark back at Alex Trebek oh, on no. the show. Like, no. I, I think. The first time he kind of, because he does that thing, that thing where someone doesn't get something, he goes, ooh, a good guess, the actual answer. And I think I said something like, nah, I know that all the answers on my show, too, or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I, but I was hosting a dumb dating show. And uh, it just, he just didn't, it just didn't, just didn't hit him in the right way. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, you were the, the smart ass kid he never had. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> time to take it out on this But kid. I've since moved in with him and we've worked out our differences. Excellent. Yeah, well, yeah, see, that's, that's, a, that's a lovely story. Uh, <laughs> you celebrate Boxing Day? Yeah. Does Canada do that? I, I think Canada does do some of that. You Canadian? No, but oh, he is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Canadians yeah. celebrate Boxing Day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they celebrate Thanksgiving on October 1st. Weird. That is so nutty. I mean, who feels grateful then? I don't. Carson City, Nevada. I'm, I'm still bitter. Carson City, Nevada celebrates <laughs> Halloween on November 1st. Why? They, because October 31st is uh, is like uh, Carson, Carson Rush Day. Day. Like Kit Carson Day. Oh, wow. Or Nevada Day or something like that. It's like it's you know when Kit Carson came in to, and founded the state. Oh, well, sure. Anybody yeah. know when Canada Day is? Is it the day July after? 7th? 7th of no, July January? 1st. It's uh, July 1st. I know because... Uh, 
uh, one year Spinal Tap did a Canada Day tour of Canada. <laughs> oh, three gigs, three cities, one, one day. day. Oh what? my God! Yeah, we got. They flew us uh, from St. John's, Newfoundland, 11 a.m. gig, to uh, Toronto, three af- three in the afternoon gig, Jesus. to Vancouver, midnight gig. Uh, How did whoa. all the equipment work out? Did you guys just bring your guitars? Yeah, yeah so, we just brought guitars and equipment. So you probably also felt the great by all. the end of the day. Felt fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a lot of sleep on the plane, so not bad. Actually. Wow. <laughs> That's Do cool. we playing full sets in every town? Yeah, yeah, Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah. How long is your set? An hour and a half? Well, Charles? no, we didn't play that. I mean, we played about 45 minutes. Still a it. lot. Because we were playing festivals, but yeah. Right. Jesus Christ. That's so cool. Canada Day. What, were, were, were there any gags in the movie that were sort of throwaways that you were like, nah, I don't know if anyone's going to get this. It ended up becoming like sort of comedy oh, every, canon. I mean, everything. You know, nobody expected uh, Eleven to be part of the get into the <laughs> Oxford English Dictionary. Right. Uh, it's just that there were little little jokes to us that, you know, were cool. Um, nobody, was, we weren't planning on T-shirts, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, me and my or I'd own this building and it didn't have to be. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, me and my friends were actually, uh, when we were kids, we started a band called uh, The New Originals. Yeah. <laughs> in honor? or Yeah, in honor. Uh, no, just like because of the, oh, because. Because of the movie. Oh, good. And, um, good. and we, uh, we, we, we put out like a tape and uh, um, on it, like it, it said, uh, like it had the new originals and then it, we crossed out new and then rewrote new. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. That's cute. You must st- have been a cute kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I'm sorry that I don't know the answer to this, and I apologize. Are you still doing the show? Yes. How? How? You're, you're better than the people who come up to me and say, "I love your show." Are you still doing it? <laughs> <laughs> Which happens more than you think. I, yes. You know, for me, I've just, uh, I have not. I just haven't been listening to to rate to terrestrial radio. Uh, radio, radio. <laughs> um, we just call it the terrestrials call it. Yes. Uh, so um, I so you I listen I to extraterrestrial radio. I listen to extra. I, in a way, in a way, I do listen yeah. to extraterrestrial radio. Um, but uh, now I'm just on the fucking phone all the time when I'm in the car. I don't even listen to music. Well, we love we love people like you. No, I'm not holding up the oh, phone. Okay, no, I'm right, the, right. it goes to. No, he's spe- holding it in front of his face because that's illegal. <laughs> How am I supposed to? He's, he's got it sitting in his. Yeah, I need yeah, to be yeah. texting, so I, yeah. I'm on my iPad watching Netflix. Yeah. This, this is safer. This is safer. Talk on your phone like this. Yeah, yeah just hold, hold, hold it right uh, in the front. Yes, yeah, still doing it. Um, how did so? When did you did you did you pitch this to N, to, to National Public Radio or to PRI? Does, NPR, or? NPR has nothing to do with it. No, it's it's purely uh, between me and, and KCRW, the originating station, and yeah. the stations that pick it up. Uh, any public radio station can put a show up on the satellite. Uh, it doesn't go through Washington. It doesn't go through that bureaucracy there. It doesn't therefore need funding. Right, funding doesn't need the little guy with the we- weedy voice saying. Support for this program. Provided by putting new metal stuff in your body <laughs> by the Arthur T. by the Jonah T. Salk Foundation. Under <laughs> <laughs> by a grant from making, the Chubb Group, <laughs> making programs that Mrs. Salk thinks she remembers hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm glad. I mean, I I so miss good. Just, I I guess I guess I'm just always disappointed. I mean. You know, KCRW aside, I'm always just disappointed in LA radio. Like, I, I have a bad attitude about, like, God damn it, this is a big city. You should be better than you are, LA well, radio. LA was a great radio town uh, for a long time. I mean, uh, there's a guy who still works here uh, who is amazing, Phil Hendry. Phil's, yeah. of course. Uh, is he back on the radio? Yeah, he's back on He's back on uh, KTLK, Progressive okay. Talk, so-called. Because he, try, he tried to go on the web for a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. He's had, you know, ups and downs, but I mean, that period when he was on KFI 
and you could I, I was doing a lot of work in television uh, episodic television in those days and you you'd get on a set and all the crew could talk about it at the craft service table was what Phil had on that the night before. Wow. Yeah. They were all talking about those bits. They were all talking about those characters. It was amazing. It was just like, um, I, you know, I thought that was, and, and the work was just at such a high level and, and still is. I mean, he's back at, at pretty, pretty near the top of his form. Um, I think he's amazing. And uh, so, you know, LA Radio has produced that, um, but not much else these days. I, it's always... I always kept thinking, like, surely there's no one left who doesn't know that it's fake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. There's, of course. They, but then, but you Mickey know. Barnum told you the answer to that. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Every minute. Every minute. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's sped up now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look around this building. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. might be the epicenter. Yeah. Yeah. This might be the hive. That's what mm. E stands for. Epicenter. epicenter yeah. Yes. Or it's the Epilady building. That'll be their new campaign. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, radio. For those people like me who love it, uh, it, it's like watching this uh, kind of car that you've uh, adored through the years. That if, if you were a car fan sure. and you lent it to people, and they've just always smashed it up, and but you get it back and you try to patch it up, and you know, but you make the mistake of lending it. And we keep lending radio to these assholes in like the building right next door. Yeah, <laughs> uh, who who you know destroy it. Uh, well, I guess I think I think that's one of the one of the reasons why I wanted to do the podcast thing was that I worked in LA radio for three or four years in LA and I always missed it, but I always just, I always felt like, ah, it should just be better. Like there's, I mean, the Joji's jukebox was a great show. Yeah. yeah well, which he's doing again on K rock. Is he? Yeah. yeah. It's a Sunday night. He actually, he bumped, um, Rodney, um, even later now. Really? Yeah. We just had him on last week and, oh. and he's, he's been, he started doing mm. it weekly. Oh, he's great. I love that show. Yeah, that's a great show. I, I miss it being every week. It was just the nicest thing to listen to during, during the, the day. Yeah. Yeah. What I was, here's a question that I have that I'm going to say now instead of explaining what questions are. Um, <laughs> and then I'm going to try to answer it if I can pay attention. <laughs> and I'll nod, I'll nod. Uh, when, when, uh, when the Simpsons cast did the Inside the Actor Studio, mm -hmm. halfway through the episode... Julie Kavner disappeared. Just disappeared and there's never a reference to right. it. She had to catch a train. Oh, okay. The taping lasted six hours. Oh, oh Jesus! Is that why everyone seemed pretty... Low energy? Yeah. <laughs> the, and the first bathroom break didn't happen until four and a half Six hours. Six hours! Oh, yeah, because yeah. I was watching it, you just see people kind of just, like, and there was so many people to cover. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, the guy had, like, this pile of three-by-five cards, and he was determined not to stop the show until he'd gone <laughs> oh, every Jesus. single one of them. <laughs> Come on, James Lipton. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's, uh, it was, it was arduous. It was a trek. It was a trek. Oh, my gosh. It was a, uh, it was a death march. Because <laughs> for me, when rewatching it, I was always more like, some shit must have gone down because she just disappeared and no one ever referenced her again. Yeah, she just said, I have a train to catch. <laughs> <laughs> and then, pew! I still remember watching her, her cute face on Rhoda, just that, oh. uh, just that adorable younger sister, with that, but with that voice. Yeah. The inescapable. Uh, Yardley Smith actually was at a. Uh, I was at a restaurant that I've never actually seen her in the wild before. And then uh, a week and a half ago, I was at a. I was at a, uh, a restaurant, and I hear the voice, and it just like it just heads turn like it's mm. just. Yeah. It's it, it must be kind of a blessing and a curse at the same time. Well, you got to be careful. I mean, I, I the first time it happened to me, I was in a Whole Foods, and they said paper and plastic, and I said, 
paper and people took <laughs> <laughs> Principal Skinner. No. Because <laughs> I think my natural speaking voice, if this is could be called a natural speaking voice, yes. is closest to Skinner. So Yeah. Uh, uh, but mm. you know, there are worse things in the world. There are. There we, are. Worse. We do come get into the business to be recognized. After we all. do. We do. But I think there's. But a I s- want my privacy, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go on Larry King tonight to talk more about how much I want my privacy. Seriously, Larry, why can't people just leave, leave me, me alone? alone? Leave me alone. Just keep that on me. Leave me alone. All right, we'll, we'll take calls for you about leaving you alone. <laughs> okay, but just remember to leave me alone. Okay, <laughs> Pete and Poughkeepsie. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Pete, leave me alone. Uh. <laughs> but I but I also think there's a certain amount of it like you have this idea in your head like oh you know I want the success in this certain you know a- arena it's hopefully it will fill whatever hole is in me and then everything will be great mm-hmm. uh, but then there's the the extreme side of it which which you guys are which I imagine a lot of times people go oh I can just make them puppets and mm-hmm. uh, I want you to perform for me people in my experience are very good about it oh good uh, very um um uh, deferential and very kind of tentative and not demanding and not okay, good. entitled. Uh, and uh, and also, because I do a lot of different things, it's not always about that. Of course. Uh, so uh, it retains the element of surprise, uh, which, you know, uh, taught me a good lesson. If you keep surprising the audience, they'll keep surprising you. Yeah. Uh, which is a good thing. And if you keep doing feeding them the same thing, they'll keep feeding you the same thing. It's a... <laughs> At it's, this, rela- it's a relationship. At this point, <laughs> at this point in the show, where you guys have, are, are basically, oh, I thought you meant in this show. No, 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 no. <laughs> at this point in the show, we bring in Doctor Phil. <laughs> <laughs> How well. come you get them? <laughs> I don't know what else Doctor Phil would say. I haven't really watched enough Doctor Phil because I want t- you to work on your relationship at five minutes of every day. Can you do that? Can you commit to that? Can you do that, Doctor Phil? Hey, wait a minute! Why are you turning the lens on me? Why are you speaking like I am? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a fucking Rod Serling episode yeah. of ever like where everyone just turns around and they have Doctor Phil's head. Whoa. Yeah, hold up a mirror to that guy. <laughs> Take some of this back. It'll just, it would just turn into a circle jerk. Those <laughs> uh, you, you, at this point in the show. No, at this, at this point in your show, you guys are so, like, the, these characters are so much in, you are so much these characters. Mm-hmm. The, but they can fire us tomorrow. No, like, of course they, <laughs> well, they could. <laughs> yeah, they could if they were that yeah, stupid. Yeah, if they wanted to end the show, they yeah. could. They yeah. could, but, but also at the same time, you know, it, Obviously, new crops of writers are coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're being bust in from, from the Harvard Mexican border, right now. <laughs> from the Mexican border of Harvard. Harvard. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> at this point, Harvard I, I feel like it would be intimidating for to, to to come on a show like that and write for you guys because you know the characters. I, I wouldn't know how to place a joke in front of you and go, "Here's a Mr. Burns joke." It's it's really interesting. Um, yes, we're we're on our, about our I don't know eighth or ninth generation of writers. Uh, <laughs> And uh, for a lot of them, you know, they've grown up with the show uh, to the extent that they've grown up. Um, And um, there are times when you sense the exact opposite of that, that the characters sometimes have become kind of playthings. Mm -hmm. And um, the only real uh, arguments that happen at The Simpsons... uh, in, in my can are, uh, you know, uh, somebody will write a joke where Flanders uh, uh, does, does a joke that is a, is, a, is a deliberate joke on the name Jesus Christ, for example. Right. And I'll say, look, me personally, I couldn't care less, but Flanders wouldn't say this. This would be deeply offensive to him. Yeah. No, no, but just try it. 
Well, I'm just saying we have a history here of what yeah. this character is and who he is, and this violates that. And, and why do we want to do it for one joke? You right. Know? We got 20 years equity with the audience that they, they believe this guy. They believe in it, that he is this person. No, just, just go ahead. Just try it. We'll, we'll talk. But, you know, we'll fix it in post. That happens. Wow. Well, then you also make Skinner not Skinner. Yeah, exactly. Tamsarian. Tamsarian. A show about which we're not supposed to speak anymore. Yes. Oh, yeah. well, I don't yeah. know. Speak of it again. <laughs> yeah, or like I, exactly. When, or like when Moe's face changed a few times. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I one would wish that there was a little more of, you know... Uh, what you're suggesting, but uh, I, it's, it doesn't appear to be what happens. I guess, I mean, I, you know, I've worked on shows for just a couple seasons where after, you know, even 50 episodes of a show, you're like, what the fuck do we do with these characters anymore? Yeah, but, but the, the Simpsons have 50 characters. That's true. That's mm-hmm. the big, big, big... Well, there are two big differences between The Simpsons and any other show that's ever been on television. The one is the vast number of characters that, that we have available to us to talk about and, and do stories with and the other is that uh thanks to jim brooks uh in the original deal he made with fox there's no network creative interference in the show the only show in the history of american network television that can say that and and uh you wonder well gene the simpsons has been a success why wouldn't they try that with some other shows and, you know, oh yeah no yeah. they don't uh, no, no, uh, no we, we don't do that we have this conversation uh, all the time is that the that the, the network the, the network people tend to you know it, it they tend to look at the wrong data points because it's very difficult to, on a spreadsheet, go, you know, we should probably just let funny people be funny. They go, oh, okay, America is scrambling for yellow-colored cartoon characters, not, well, it's because this guy had a vision and this group got together and they got to carry that out. Like, right. they well, never look remember, at that as that. All the, the shitty cartoon shows that came on the air in the two years after The Simpsons became a hit. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Fish Police, for example. Fish yeah. Police. Fish Police. Whoa. Capital Critters. Capital Whoa. Critters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Family Dog. Uh, holy well, shit. Well, Family Dog was, uh, was uh, Amazing Stories, which actually predated The Simpsons. Was it? Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, Family Dog was, amazing, was an Amazing Stories short from 87, I think. Okay. 87, 88. Uh, I'm seeing you... Killing and Celebrity Jeopardy with <laughs> cartoon trivia. If it's all cartoon trivia, can that not be about the uh, Magna Carta? Could that be about cartoons You're going to murder in the fill-in-the-blank B-L-A-N-C. You're going to murder in that category. I'm going to do really well. But yeah, yeah, that was Family Dog. But when did it go to series after The Simpsons? It, I think it went to series before The Simpsons. Oh, okay. Because it was one, it was it was a short on Amazing Stories that totally blew up, and then they, I think they pretty quickly tried to, tried to get it on the air, and then it didn't really. Now, are you going to ask me about my record? <laughs> I would love to. God damn it! I'm so sorry. I, well, well, I would this in the, in this last portion of the show is all oh, no. about you, you really? plugging you plugging you plugging whatever you're talking oh, about okay. whatever all you right. want to talk about. Okay. Uh, and also, nervous. we will. I will. Fr- I do announcements at the beginning of the episode, so we will front load the episode Excellent. with Excellent. stuff about the record Excellent. too. Thank you. Um, so uh, yes, tell me about the. Oh, I'm. We're all out of. <laughs> <laughs> no, I apologize. You know, you, you, you know, the, 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 you, you have to understand that the way that we uh, we do the show because we love it, and we have people on that we are either friends with or, hu- or huge fans of. And so, do you rent the space here? No, no, we just use it. Oh, uh, and so we uh, we we tend to kind of fanboy people to death oh, a little that's bit. All right. So we so we apologize no, for okay. that. I, it's, it's, I, I just. 
you know. But you, but you, He's you, here for a reason. You should, you should talk about, you should talk about your album. We should, we should absolutely give it, give it a uh, fair time. So please, please tell us about uh, <laughs> next time you're on. Just feel free to. <laughs> well, when you come back, <laughs> it's going right to be great this, to talk. Right after the short life break. <laughs> <laughs> Side uh, effects may include play a preparation age commercial real quick. Just, uh... <laughs> oh, my ass hurts. Try this. Ow! <laughs> no, wrong tube. <laughs> what you need is a free loop. Both ways. Catheters incorporated. You cats. He cats, cats. every day. Yeah. So, no, honestly, so please, so please tell us about that. Well, it's, it's a, a musical record. Uh, it's called Tank. Can't take a hint. Um, uh, when we started doing Spinal Tap, and then we did Folksman, and then uh, uh, I, I started doing comedy, uh, comedic music records on my own, I just realized uh, of all the things I do, this is prob aside from doing your show, of course, probably of course. the favorite. Uh, so uh, after I'd spent the last two years doing this really hard job, which was I made a documentary about why New Orleans flooded and went around the country with the documentary, I thought uh, I'm going to, I need to go have some fun and nothing is more fun than uh, hanging with great musicians and, and doing funny songs that are uh, musically uh, kind of fun to play and, and sing. So uh, this time we got uh, a bunch of guests, uh, Dr. John, uh, mm. Jane Lynch, oh, wow. uh, Fountains of Wayne, great. Jamie Cullum, uh, uh, Steve Lukather, mm -hmm. Skunk Baxter. Toto. Yeah. Nice. Uh, all sorts of folks. I, uh, I dated his wife when before they were married. Lukather's wife? Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, leave a little Easter egg for him? <laughs> <laughs> a literal Easter egg. <laughs> and did, 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 I've never asked that question of anybody in that context before. <laughs> did you, did you leave an Easter egg, Easter egg for him? <laughs> I hit it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, yeah. now they have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, Probably not. And uh, Nicholas Payton, the great uh, jazz trumpet player, plays on the track with Dr. John. So it's, it's <laughs> musically... Uh, Quite a venturous record uh, about a bunch of different people and subjects. Uh, uh, Madonna, uh, the head of BP, uh, <laughs> the uh, who else do we do? Uh, oh, uh, Rupert Murdoch, of uh, course. Uh, Joe the plumber, uh, who's running for Congress this year. Yeah. He's back. That's kind of funny. Hey, you guys are making fun of Rupert before it was a, a cool thing to do. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and it's still a cool thing it's to do. Still, but I mean, yeah. like before, before it was okay. Oh, like I, well, when it was still kind of like, oh, that's it. It's still that's they work for that. But now, like now, of course, it's you know everyone. Well, because you know, someone has to. You, you're not. No, it's like as long as you're not uh, taking power or money away from him, he could care less. Yeah, I just think it's. I think it's. I think it's great that that whole episode about like everyone knows the Republican Party is these guys to funnel into from the FCC, like. <laughs> Holy shit! You know that that moment was like they just said like a really serious thing right yeah. there. Well, that was like that Banksy intro. Yeah. Oh wow. Yes, yeah. that was insane. Yeah. Um, but Joe, the plumber, uh, as you know, probably know, of course, name is not Joe. No, and he's not a plumber. Nope. But aside from that, everything you, <laughs> everything you is you can believe. Man. Totally honest. I like yeah. how they were, they were trying to make it seem like he's like the all American guy. Yeah. It, it's like it's like yeah. Most Americans are plumbers, and most Americans are named Joe. Yeah. No, it's it's it really <laughs> is about that whole thing that we we live with in this country, where, you know, what we just need is a common sense solution. Yeah. Like yeah, that's what got us to the fucking moon. 
Well, how do you think we should get the moon? Oh, I don't know. Uh, aim up. There's a common sense solution. Aim up really hard. Aim up really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really like, but I mean, seriously, that that is the most used phrase in American politics. We're presenting the Ameri- we're giving the American people common sense solutions to their problem. Right. Solutions that any horse's ass know won't work. You know, I mean, it's just so Joe is is representative. Going back to uh, Thomas Paine. Yeah. Common sense. Common sense, yeah, with capital C, capital S. <laughs> um, and there's also a couple of songs about, uh, Jamie's song is called A Few Bad Apples, and it's about the idea that is abroad in this country and the world right now that in, when anything big goes wrong, blame the little guys. Yeah. You know, just blame the, the, the actual grunts on the floor <laughs> and let the guys who run the place, uh, you know, Retire with big pensions or with big bonuses, and uh, you know. Is it kind of is is, is, is nobody com- goes to jail? Is comedy music your favorite form of comedy expression? Do you think? Um, it gets close to it, yeah, because it it requires you to kind of get the point across <laughs> in a, a very pithy way. But you, you know? can also you can also I I I I always loved it because you you can say really. You can make a really powerful statement in a way in that a gentle way, yeah, that doesn't feel like it has teeth, yeah, per se. People don't feel like they've been kicked in the stomach because they've been they're, they're kind of tapping their yeah, toes. Yeah, oh, this they is go. a really nice yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he just what? Uh, the one that's really most like that on the record is, uh, and probably the farthest out I've gone in a while is uh, a song called "Deaf Boys." Uh, there was a story about uh, a, a priest in Milwaukee. And after he died, they realized that he had molested more than 200 deaf boys. Jesus Christ. And the same week, uh, there was a story about a priest in Italy who molested deaf boys and a priest in England who molested deaf boys. And I thought, trending. <laughs> and That's a trending topic. That's on, trending on topic, deaf boys. Roman Catholic Twitter. Yeah. So uh, uh, I, uh, I wrote this tune, and uh, then I thought, you know, well, how does – but I, I wrote it in the voice of the guy. Yeah. So I thought that's the funnier way to do it is just, you know, because it's not funny to just be pointing from the outside. It's no. funny to try to imagine this guy's head. Uh, so how does a, you know, what's a singing priest sound like? Well, oh, like Bing Crosby and going my way. <laughs> <laughs> so that's sort of, that's sort of what Deaf Boys is so like. At so. the, uh, uh, but it's a really, I mean, it's a hard subject and it's a really uh, kind of nice ditty. <laughs> Is it what we should do? Is uh, maybe if, that's if what the priest thought too. If it's okay, if it's a, well done, uh, <laughs> that didn't go unnoticed, Jonah Ray. All right. um, what we should do is, if it's okay, is uh, we'll tack on a, sure. a song from the album at the sure. end. Oh, whoops! We'll tack on a song from the album at the end of this yeah. uh, episode. Okay, just so that you know we'll know what about. So, uh, uh, so I assume it's available at all of the uh, the regular. Uh, it's retail. available at all the re- uh, digital things. It doesn't exist as a as a physical object except uh, when we do gigs. We'll sell it at the shows. Cool. But, uh, it's Amazon. Amazon and iTunes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love the iTunes. We're the iTunes. We're the iTunes. iTunes. Just one letter, just one vowel the entire time. We're in the time. E building. We must be the <laughs> iTunes. We must be in the I building. Oh, you. Hey. hey. Uh, Harry Shear, it's been a tremendous honor to have you on Thank the you. podcast and, and lovely to chat with you. Same here. And we hope you, I hope you come back on sometime. I would love to. Do you ever let people come and, and watch? Come. Oh. And watch, watch the show. Watch and come. Yeah. Um, or do 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 it at Santa Monica campus when I'm when I'm here. But I'm here so rarely these gotcha. days. Gotcha. Uh, and you know how boring it is to watch radio. Yeah, I know. Well, I don't know if it's... I mean I'll 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 drop you a line next time I'm here okay. for a, a few weeks. Cool. And uh, you know if you want to, it's it's, 
insanely boring. No, not to <laughs> Are you me. Kidding? Look at all the crowd. Look at oh, yeah. uh, where all the. Yeah, we're never gonna get out of here. You gotta, <laughs> sometimes you gotta chase all the pussy away. I hired a dog, just like. <laughs> hey, don't you don't you just love it? All the people who've had to say the words "pussy riot" in the last two weeks. <laughs> that oh, is great. the one thing about you know, like, it, and and I've been I've been. It was so hard for me when it all first broke. Now it wasn't really hard, but I just I had this inner conflict where I'm like, I'm a it's I can't help but giggle despite the fact that the seriousness of this case and the implications that it has for Russian culture right now. It's still when you see Pussy Ride on the CNN crawl, yeah. you still can't help but go. And <laughs> all the all the newscasters who've had to say, in Moscow today, members of the punk group Pussy Riot. Hold <laughs> <laughs> it together, you're a professional. Yeah. And they have to be extra serious. In oh yeah, saying that because yeah. otherwise they'll, as the British say, corpse. They will. <laughs> it's the name does not really match the weight of what is actually happening. No, it's great that they made everybody say it. That and, they actually and, did. And, you know, I as, I as a Russian speaker, which I was when I was a kid, I wonder what the actual name in Russian is, but it gets translated in English as Pussy Riot. So. I'm I mean, sure, that's not the name, right. in, you know, in, in Russia. So is is it whatever the colloquialism yeah, for, for vagina, vagina is in, in, in Russian? But I mean, in English, it just sounds so great. It it, it is it is pretty, yeah. and and it did, it it also the other kind of genius thing about it is that it instant you become instantly aware of what's going on because you're like, does that say pussy? And then you right. have and to then, dig and in then farther. Shortly afterwards, legitimate rape, and you just you and know, then, people yeah. have to say that, and too. then they have yeah. to say that. Yeah, uh, it's a hard job reading the news these days. <laughs> so Let's for those guys. Difficult. Huh? Guys I mean, they have a the prompter scrolls. And they got to say pussy. They, they have to breathe all that hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I... A pussy riot broke out. <laughs> I actually... I, and I don't... I'm, I'm hesitant to say this because I don't want to... I've met a lot of really great local news people just going through towns and doing stuff. But I, was all, but I always thought, you know, if my career ever goes south... You know, and I end up as a local like news person, like entertainment news guy. Will I be happy with it? I'm gonna be like, I just, I'll just take a regular job. Chris has got uh, the lineup on the weekend's movie outlook. <laughs> I really can't do it anymore, you guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just don't understand. It's just like I, just, I feel like no, I'm Chris, rotting from the inside two minutes, out. Two minutes to weather. Let's hear what we've got yeah. this weekend. And the weather is stormy forever. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. There's a lot of stuff out this weekend. Yeah. Back to you. <laughs> Who's in the movie, Chris? A guy I was in a fucking show with once. <laughs> you know that fucking guy worked. <laughs> For me, <laughs> I taught him everything he knows, and now he's shitting on me. <laughs> Literally, oh, that's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite jokes from the Big Picture. Do you remember the Big Picture? Did you, did you work on the Big Picture? I did not. You know, no. says, ah, that guy was a star, a big star, and then he turned around and crapped in my face. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> it's just such a weird tag for a joke. Yeah. Uh, all right, thank you so much, Harry Shear. It's good you. to see you. Enjoy. Uh, uh, would you mind telling every? We at the end of our show, we say we tell people to enjoy their burrito. Would you mind tagging our show for us? Enjoy your burrito. Wanna do death balls in the next room? Now they're in the closet boom, boom. Between me and the broom boom, boom. Half a dozen deaf boys boom, boom. Mm, Nice little crowd boom, boom. They can be quiet boom, boom. And I can be loud boom, boom. Four and twenty deaf boys boom, boom. Take me all day boom, boom. 
Barely got the time to boom, boom. Eat and to pray. Boom, boom. Deaf boys can't hear me coming. Deaf boys, don't you dare call it slumming. Might be a chink in my priestly poise. But how can I resist? How can Deaf I resist? Boys? Half a hundred deaf boys boom, boom. Who got a head of steam boom, boom. I could be their coach boom, boom. They could be my team boom, boom. Eighty-eight deaf boys boom, boom. One for each key boom, boom. On the piano of my longing boom, boom. They play a hushed melody Hundred fifty deaf boys. Oh, this could get tight. A few dozen in the morning, and all the rest at night. Deaf boys can't hear me coming. Deaf boys got my heartstrings a strumming. Make me make such a joyful noise. Just can't get enough. Just can't deaf get enough. Now if I had a deaf boy For each day of the year Three hundred and sixty-five Oh, that would be dear How many deaf boys Have there actually been? Why not ask how many Dance on the head of a pin The world is full of deaf boys I'm only one man All that God expects is Do all that you can Deaf boys can't hear me coming Deaf boys got me hymning and humming A shepherd with a closet full of toys Let's hear it for those deaf boys Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free Right now on Wondery Plus.